Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community. Covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at WPDavidV. You can subscribe to Press This on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or download the latest episodes at WMR.FM. In this episode, I'm really excited for this one. We're going to talk about adding artificial intelligence. That's right. It's the future, but we're going to add, learn how to add AI superpowers to WordPress. And joining us for that conversation is someone very familiar with this. Um, I'd like to welcome from Angry Creative, uh, Mr. David Lockheed. David, welcome back to Press This. Hi, David. Thanks. Nice to be back. Nice. I know you're like you're like my future topic guest. You've actually been on the show before. And what did you talk about last time? Remind everybody. Uh, probably blockchain. That's like my other tech tech darling is uh, crypto and blockchain. So I probably wax lyrical about that. And I think that was didn't we do that? At a WordCamp? I remember it being pretty hot. Was that Berlin? Uh, it could have been very around then. I know, you know, I did another episode with Sebastian um, when, you know, he got that round or he won that competition there. And I yeah. think yours was shortly before that. So I'm sure it was probably connected to WordCamp EU in Berlin. Uh, you know, WordCamp EU is coming up next week or this week, should I say, on our broadcast date. It's crazy, isn't it? It's going so quickly. I'm uh, really looking forward to that. If you're at WordCamp EU, keep an eye out for me. I'll be giving an interview about why contributing to WordPress is important to WP Engine. Uh, if you're going to WordCamp EU, I look forward to see you there virtually. Um, David, hopefully you'll be around. But for this episode, what we're really talking about is, you know, the use of artificial intelligence with WordPress. Um, like, why does it matter? How could you use it? How do the, what are the principles of AI look like? And how might that inform your strategy? Um, th- these are kind of the things we want to talk about here with, with David today. Um, I think the other context is like, well, why does any of this matter? Like, what is the material outcome? Like, AI is cool, I guess, but like, does it actually have a material um, impact to the WordPress sites that you build and optimize? So David, I'm going to kick off, and I know I asked you this in your last episode, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say every listener here didn't catch that one. 
but why don't you briefly tell me a little bit about your WordPress origin story? How did you get started with WordPress? Sure. Um, so I uh, was working with some friends uh, on kind of clean energy tech, and we were building a marketplace to help that uh, marketplace connect people. And their platform was built in ASP. I learned uh, some HTML and CSS along the way, and eventually realized I'd learned enough to put together a website, which I did uh, a few times. In fact, enough times to get uh, frustrated by not having a templated approach. Um, so I looked for a way to template websites and WordPress was the only thing I could get running on my Windows laptop at the time through what I'd like to call a brute force software engineering. Um, after that, I was basically up and running, built some sites for friends and family, started freelancing full time, uh, doing WordPress freelancing, uh, started Pragmatic as an agency uh, a few years after that. Um, got super busy, kept getting really busy. Uh, and then last summer, uh, sold the business to Angry Creative. So that's back in July. So I'm now a CMO with Angry Creative. Um, who are based out of Sweden, primarily. Well, congrats on that acquisition. I know uh, it's a labor of love to build and grow an agency. And when, when did you first, like, do you remember the year roughly you first started using WordPress? Oh yeah, for sure. It was uh, 2007. Because 2007. So right after short widgets and shortcodes were introduced or before, yeah. or right in that time frame, um, which would have been an exciting time to be in WordPress. I, I remember uh, like custom post types being an amazing new thing. 2010, really kind of transformative moment. I, I, yeah. I, I, I think of that moment as when WordPress really became a CMS. Um, is the CPT moment uh, back, uh, back in 2010. A lot of things came into existence right after then. WP Engine, the company I work for, uh, WooCommerce came right after that. A lot of things actually came uh, as a fast follow to CPTs. So we have these moments, of course, in WordPress um, where there's these, this, this kind of change. People start using technology different. I think AI is, is you know, perhaps one of those things. Um, at least in terms of augmenting WordPress. Um, real quickly, could you tell me about uh, Angry Creative though, like the work you're doing now? Yeah, sure. Um, so out of a lot of things, I think we did, did right at uh, Pragmatic, um, something that Angry Creative have done better is uh, focusing on WooCommerce and productizing around that. So they're a specialist WooCommerce and WordPress agency, uh, otherwise very similar to what Pragmatic was. Um, so we're based in Europe and, and, and Africa now, uh, and our mission is basically all about WooCommerce, um, uh, sorry, world-class WooCommerce. Uh, we have a, a product called Color, which takes uh, many of the sort of classic WooCommerce open source software pain points, things like cost versus quality, how to choose the right plugins and modules, how to undertake sort of maintenance in a, in a painless way, make it feel a little bit more like a SaaS. And to, to that sort of pain-free experience, we add some specific features, especially around interna internationalization of, of WooCommerce. So for folks who are starting to butt up against, for example, being a UK business selling into the EU or vice versa, where you need to have different uh, tax, shipping, payment options, all that kind of stuff, uh, WooCommerce then sort of takes on a new 
level of complexity and that's really where Carla and our expertise steps in uh, because we've, we've done that a lot of times and I guess a lot of agencies have done it a few times but uh, it's, it's what we do all day every day so we're really kind of uh, focusing in on that on that niche. I love it. As our CEO, Heather Brunner, often says, where there's focus, there's progress. So it's really interesting to hear about the focus there at Angry Creative. Also, as I heard you talk about the e-commerce and WooCommerce focus, I started imagining all these use cases, perhaps for AI and the e-com sense that you know I've either used or seen kind of out in the wild. So I could see why that focus would lend itself to AI-based strategies. Now, to, to kind of orient folks, like the term AI gets thrown around a lot, right? So in simple terms, um, how do you define the principles of, it, of artificial intelligence or machine learning? Yeah, it's, it is used and I've used a lot. Um, and I think like there, there are a few things that come to mind. So when I think about AI, uh, I try and remind myself that it's not just another tech, you know, it's not like, 5G or um, crypto, like AI is sort of, it's truly a, a whole other type of technology. Um, I don't think anything has the same potential to disrupt and change uh, the world around us as, as AI. Um, we can't really imagine like more intelligence than we have. It's sort of like one of those natural limits of, of the human brain. But if we can build something that's smarter than us, then, um, you know. Yeah, but how is it smarter? And like, what are the principles of building? Like what goes into right, right. it? Like what's the, what is it? What is the material output? Like from, from the high level principle perspective, like what are the kind of jobs that it can do? Sure. So. First, it's important to know that AI is, is really a, a family or a suite of technologies, not any single one. So you've got everything from uh, generative adversarial networks, which can produce uh, images uh, right through to machine learning, which is more sort of data science and building models. Um, and really the way to think about AI as a sort of, as a suite is that it's the ability for uh, like something non-natural. So like software to, acquire and apply knowledge and skills. So um, for example, with machine learning, rather than it being about uh, giving inputs uh, and a program, applying computation and getting the answer, it's about giving the inputs and desired results and uh, creating a, a model from, uh, from the computation. So, we so, now... it's, so if I could like kind of dumb it down a little bit more. It's really about this notion of acquiring knowledge. So either feeding it data or training it data, um, analyzing that knowledge and then producing an, an, an output, either a prediction or, or some piece of content or whatever the use case is for how it's gonna apply the knowledge and kind of um, a definition of success that you would teach it or use it to teach it. And so exactly. these are the kind of basic principles. I want to dive in a little bit deeper though here. And I also want to, of course, get into like, well, how am I going to use this on my website? Sure. Um, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let webmasterradio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. Webmasterradio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, 
Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. We're in the middle of our episode about using artificial intelligence uh, within the WordPress context. We're interviewing David Lockheed at Angry Creative. David, right before the break, you were kind of describing from the high level, like what you thought about um, what defines artificial intelligence? You kind of touched on the fact that it's centered around acquiring knowledge, um, defining what success looks like, um, leveraging the technologies to kind of interpret the data you feed into it um, to make predictions or take actions, um, you know, that a human would not be able to do uh, in, in as timely or, or perhaps an accurate as manner. Is that, is that a good summary of your view, like what AI is? Yeah, that's pretty good. And um, just listening to my words play back, I think like there are some useful distinctions. So like computing, uh, like non-AI based computing is all about data and information. So uh, if we think about knowledge overall, it's hierarchical. So at the top, you've got knowledge. Uh, sorry, at the top, you've got wisdom. Under that, you've got understanding. Under that, you've got knowledge, uh, then information and data. So traditional computing kind of gets you up to information and limited knowledge, depending on sort of the complexity of the information space. But really, if you want to have a system like a, a, a non-organic system, which has true understanding and wisdom, then that's when you're starting to look at these technologies. Um, because the algorithms you'd have to create otherwise using sort of traditional programming techniques are just too complex. And so you were talking a little bit there about uh, outcomes as well. So there's a whole array of outcomes that AI is good for. It can be anything from sort of perception through suggestion, indeed automation. So just doing stuff that humans can do, but at uh, infinite scale. And then we move on to sort of the higher level uh, AI outcomes like prediction and and really situational awareness, which is sort of understanding exactly what's going on and therefore what to do about it, uh, which is definitely not something that that Word has ever proven itself capable of doing. That's a, a great rundown of the kind of simple principles behind it. Um, I'm just curious though, so like help me understand or help the audience understand like what are some common use cases for using artificial intelligence or machine learning on a website? Like what's a website use case for when you'd want to do it? Yeah, so great question. And I've tried to think about this in, in a few different ways. So there's generating content automatically. Um, one of the sort of superpowers that AI has is the potential for rather than us trying to predict what people are 
looking for so filmmakers having to create a movie and then expect people to watch it it's like it's generative content generative on the fly content so that could be used for generating blogs or how to tutorials uh, i did see like a very cool um, example of turning a product page into a product video so interpreting the content that's on a, a like a, an e-commerce product page and using that to to build a like product video out i thought that was that was pretty impressive uh, then there's sort of augmenting uh, human content production. So that's anything from suggesting uh, things which would be a good fit for your blog, for your site, uh, right through to things like improving accessibility. So making sure that every time that you upload an image, it's got useful uh, tagging descriptions, uh, accessibility features, and the same thing for video. So for example, using cognitive services to essentially watch a video and then transcribe the text that is, is within that it can be useful for SEO, definitely useful for accessibility. So there's generating content, there's augmenting people who are generating content. Uh, and then you've got this sort of idea I touched on before, which is the, you know, the content distribution and consumption. So uh, like a really clear example of this is using something like the Amazon Poly plugin to turn a WordPress post into voice so that you can ask your, uh, your Amazon Echo, what uh, you know, what the news is from your your favourite site, and it can read that post for you. So that's obviously really useful for people with like a visual uh, impairment, for example. But that idea of taking content from one form and distributing it into other forms, I think, is is something that we're only starting to see the power of. So um, if you are even even like you and I, so we're on our phones or we're on our desktop, we're in a noisy place, a quiet place, we've got lots of time, we've got not much time, uh, but we still want to get, you know, get the information. So if uh, we create the content, but our uh, devices can kind of filter that down and optimize it for consumption, you know, maybe it turns it into a video, maybe it turns it into like a, a summary. So text uh, compression, text expansion, those are all sort of useful um, uh, technologies within this sort of family of, of technologies. Um, the next, so we've got, uh, this is all a lot about content so far. There's a couple of final uses that I wanna check on as well. One is like personalization. So this is the idea of, um, you know, when you visit a site, it recognizes you and uh, it doesn't treat you like it treats every, everybody else. And this is sort of proven to be really good for conversion rates and uh, and engagement and something that WP Engine's Gen Y research has shown to be super important with the generations that are coming through who are sort of grown up with apps uh, who, who very much personalize. And so personalization is, is just a job that humans can't do once you get beyond like 10 visitors to your website. So if you want to do this sort of application of data and insight at scale uh, you have to automate it and the number of variations quickly exceed what you can do with traditional algorithms so uh, yeah again personalization is, is sort of dependent on on uh, these types of technologies and then I guess the final use case is um, it's like right at the code level um, so how do we write better quality, more secure code in a faster and more efficient way. Uh, and I'm not sure whether you've seen 
GPT-3. Have you been following? Does that look? Do, do those I have not. Are, right. Okay. So GPT-3 is like the third iteration. There was no no second one uh, of uh, a project called OpenAI, and it's essentially like a token prediction engine where a token can be a number, a word, it can be code, it can be anything at all. So the idea is that if you seed it with like the first few lines of a sentence, it can finish it. Or if you seed it with the first few uh, lines of a poem, it will complete the poem. And there's been some like really staggering results that come, come back from that. Um, like there's some examples where people have described the like an application that they want to build and GPT-3 will like literally build the React uh, JSX code in a functional way um, or it can generate music. So it's like it's a very general purpose AI. That's uh, I think the G in GPT stands for G, um, but it's like it's promise for doing a lot of the legwork for software development itself is is pretty profound. And I think it was only this week that Microsoft released a sort of um, a study or, or, or had a big discussion around the implications for that. Those are some really, that's a good rundown, I think, of the use cases that I've kind of run across. And I love how you, you named a couple of projects I actually worked on there. So thank you for that. But just to kind of play that back, we've got the ability to create kind of content in, a, in an automated way, similar perhaps to the GPT-3 approach, or maybe even including it, but this notion that AI can assist us in creating content. Um, it can assist us in recommending things to our users um, by, you know, providing the right products or the right content for them in the right moment. Um, you talked about it's used to transform content. That's where you mentioned the Amazon Poly plugin. That was one of the projects that one of my teams got to work on. It was a lot of, uh, a lot of fun and helping to folks to transform that text content into speech. You talked about the notion of using it in compression, personalization, which obviously has a lot of clear benefits, especially in the WooCommerce and e-commerce context, which I know you're focused on. And then the code level, um, you know, I'd heard uh, about some of those technologies. I'm going to have to do a little reading on GPT-3. Um, but, you know, I think I've seen a lot of this in the content creation space and, you know, having this, you know, assistive technology, right? It's not going to write perfect code. It's not going to write perfect content, but it's going to get you a lot of the way there. And then you can kind of edit and build on top of it. Um, I think those are powerful use cases that, that people have really only scratched the surface of. Uh, in terms of leveraging this tech on, in, in their website and in their workflows. I want to talk about some specific tools that I, you know, people always want to know, like, how do I do this? Um, but we're going to take our uh, one more quick break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one -on -one training a weekly podcast for you or your company, distribution to almost every podcast portal, an embeddable player for your website, an ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts, and much, much more. And best of all, 
You'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. We're talking about using AI on your WordPress site. David Lockie of Angry Creative is walking us through those strategies. David, right before the break, you kind of covered some of the common use cases for leveraging AI on your website around content creation, even code creation, transforming content, personalization. thought those were great examples. Now, this is where the rubber meets the road. Uh, are, are there tools that help people implement these strategies? You mentioned the Poly plugin by Amazon. Um, what other WordPress tools are out there for folks um, that don't uh, have to require them becoming data scientists? Yeah, so I think the first one to note is that you're more than likely already using um, or benefiting from some AI, AI technologies, even if you're just using sort of what you might think is standard plugins. So for example, Yoast SEO or Jetpack or Kismet. Um, I think WP Engine Smart Plugin Manager uses some, uh, definitely some advanced data science. Uh, I'm not sure whether it strictly uses machine learning or not. It does. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. And then um, there's also one that we really like for e-commerce called Clark, which is around uh, personalization for, for WooCommerce sites. So any of those uh, are sort of uh, already leveraging those technologies. If you want to play around with things that are more specifically adding AI into the mix, there's a plugin by Tenup called Classif AI. I'm not sure if they made that difficult to pronounce on purpose, but it will hook into the cognitive services of folks like Google, uh, Amazon, Microsoft, and bring some of those cognitive services into your WordPress site. So that can do things like um, automatic uh, category suggestion or automatically adding uh, meta descriptions or, or alt tags to images. There's another plugin called Watson Finds that does that. There's a plugin called WordLift that will uh, do some assistive SEO that leverages uh, ML tech. There's also, a, like I've just seen this one fairly recently, a search plugin called Chili Search, uh, which I think looks like it's uh, similar to some of the, the Elasticsearch um, AI tech, but looks very targeted at WordPress. That looks really interesting. And then there are some simpler ones. So, you know, the Amazon Poly plugin or the automatic alternative text plugin, if you just want to save your editors a little bit of time and make sure you're hitting those accessibility uh, standards every time. Um, if you are on the development side, one, uh, one tool that you could play around with is something called Tab9. Um, and so 
tab nine and also the like the GitHub um, vulnerability detection engine that they both use um, machine learning technologies to help developers produce better code. And one of the, I think one of the sort of fascinating things around this tech is that when you think about GitHub and the amount of open source code that's been written by people, essentially like good AI depends on good models and uh, GitHub is a data source for training a model like a, a development environment is is incredibly interesting. So whilst you say, you know, you said about development, it might not be producing perfect code or whatever, you know, it's benefiting from like millions of developer hours of uh, development. So, you know, it, it's it's probably pretty good. Um, and yeah, some of these tools are, are more in depth than others. Some are pretty plug and play and you don't even need to know the tech that's, that's behind it. That's fantastic. Um, I was actually taking some notes here for my own uh, my own purposes. I always love it when I do that with a guest. I'm like, oh, I gotta go try that. Um, but it sounded like awesome. you, you kind of mentioned that, like, look, you know, you may already be using this. I mean, to your point, Jetpack has you know artificial intelligence capabilities within it on some of their products. You'd mentioned WP Engine's Smart Plugin Manager product. We use machine learning to flag false positives for visual regression testing and then kind of factor them out of the automated VRT. Um, I'm going to go check out Clark uh, for Woo personalization. Thanks for that one. Um, I, I love the passive AI reference, um, you know, the kind of auto um, tagging of images and things like that with the photo, uh, Photog Google API and things like that. Super helpful. Weird lift, love, love those folks and what they're doing with SEO. I'm going to have to check out Chili Search. Um, we use Elastic Press uh, for an offering at WP Engine called Instant Store Search, but I haven't checked out Chili yet. And then <clears throat> Tab Nine for vulnerability detection. I thought that was very clever. So tab, tab Nine is like a development environment that will auto suggest stuff, uh, but like more comprehensively than a typical IDE. And then GitHub has some vulnerability detection stuff built in now. So if you use GitHub as your uh, as your like master repo then it can help you detect any sort of uh, insecure. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you, David, so much for joining us here today. No worries. Thanks for having me on anytime. Awesome. If you'd like to learn more about what David is up to, please visit angrycreative.uk. Thanks everyone for listening to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. Again, this has been your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine. And I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.